Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Steve. How are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Thank you for joining us. And could you just tell the viewers, I have done a brief intro. Could you just tell the viewers how you got into this genre? Well, I made a decision in 1995 that I was going to be doing something that uh, I wanted to do that was meaningful. I'd already done a lot of unmeaningful things. And and I jumped into the issue by going to uh, vol- volunteering for John Mack's work with abductees in Cambridge. I spent four months there. And then I made the decision to engage the issue politically. Went to Washington, D.C., uh, registered as a lobbyist. I was the first person to do so in 1996. And that got the attention of some media, including the Washington Post. They wrote some articles. And, now there's been over 600 articles written about at least my contributions and involvement in this issue uh, as an activist and an advocate for ending the truth embargo. Right. You've got lots of questions coming in. But before we go, though, let's just slow that down a bit. So mm-hmm. on the trajectory of your life, at what point did this subject start to interest you? Or was there an incident? Did you see something or become aware of something? No, no. Uh, I, I love science fiction as a kid. I excelled in science and math. Okay, great. Uh, I, Shakespeare didn't like so much. It, it, it was supposedly English. I never believed that. Uh, and then I would note these articles that would turn up even when I was a kid back in the uh, 60s, right? Um, did I say 60s? I meant 50s. Uh, and I go, oh, that's, that's very interesting. And I had no bias. I had no religious bias. I had no intellectual bias of any kind. Uh, just read and said, this this is real. This is something special. Uh, a particular note in 1966, and I was 20 at the time. I read the I read the uh, Look magazine story about Betty and Barney Hill's encounters. I read that, and I said, "Well, clearly that's extraterrestrial." And so I, I had no bias, and I was pretty convinced that what we were seeing was was uh, extraterrestrial. And as a science fiction buff, I'm going, "Well, that's great. I can't wait to learn more." And then I went about leading my life. And the government didn't do anything. The articles would turn up, nothing from the government. And, I, and so I just, I, I, I sort of noted that, but I went on. It was in, not when I, when I, in 95, when I made my decision to essentially uh, uh, pick a path of service, really. I, I mean, I decided to, to serve. What can I say? Uh, this was the issue that I decided on, primarily because of John Mack's book, Abduction. Uh, and the implications of a Pulitzer Prize winning head of psychiatry, Harvard professor, uh, engaging this issue. I mean, that that told me that we'd crossed a, a significant threshold and I was able to go volunteer. And that just got me going. Now, 26 years later, uh, we're about to, I think, see uh, the goal of uh, this activist work come 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 to pass. So you want less Shakespeare in the schools and more Phil Dick. That's right. Great stuff. All right. I've seen all the sci-fi movies, the great ones. They, they, they've, they've affected me in ways that no other movies can. 
so I guess that's just in my genes or something. I don't. I remember. I remember watching Blade Runner with my dad when I was a young person, and I was really fascinated. Sure. All right, you got um, a question from Adam. Any thoughts on aliens visiting the mall in Miami? That's just. There's a lot of these kinds of things happening. The 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 attention and interest of the world's people now is at unprecedented peak. And so anything that happens, anything, they jump on it, right? It's it's getting eyeballs for the media. They're getting, they're making money. Uh, the stigma is virtually gone. And so anything that, that, that somebody gets a photo of or they interpret something, including the backyard events in Las Vegas, strange clouds over Turkey, uh, everything is being covered. And I really don't pay attention to almost any of it. <laughs> it's like I note it, but the odds are there's almost no connection, really, no real connection. It's fundamentally important because it reflects the, the growing uh, interest in the subject, which the government should be taking notice of. There is plenty of really significant stuff happening that uh, keeps me busy. Did, did you know Phil Schneider? That's the next no. question. Okay, so you've just said there, there's lots of real stuff that we should be focusing on. Let's move over to that then. What would be at the top of the list? What, what's going on right now in the United States is a extremely complex process politically uh, that is very difficult to follow and understand, even if you're paying 24-7 attention like I am. The only thing comparable, I think, in the UK would have been the effort, uh, a successful effort by the United Kingdom to get out from under the, to leave the, the European Union, Brexit. It went on for years. It was extraordinarily complicated. Back, forth, this, that, maneuvers like a giant chess game. And eventually it happened. That's happening here. Uh, while the truth embargo is 77 years on, the, the, the effort which quickly became political to get out from under, in this case, not the European Union, but the truth embargo, the policy that the government has, has held, has is, is been this complex political process underway. Uh, and that's, it's got, there's been remarkable, unprecedented events that have taken place as this process is going forward. So it is those events that I'm following closely and, and starting to get involved with that, uh, uh, indicates clearly that we could have disclosure very soon. Steve, if it's a giant chess game, who's mm -hmm. pushing the pieces? There are four players. This is this is like a a four-person chess game. I love this analogy. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can buy a four-person chess game. It's a bigger board, but everybody has the same usual pieces. But obviously with four players, it, the complexity is exponentially increased, all right? Uh, you can team up, whatever the hell. Anyway, the point is four-person chess. Not quite three-dimensional chess, but still pretty complicated. Now, there are four players in this extremely important and complicated chess game. One is the United States Congress, right? Another is the military intelligence complex, the totality of it in the United States. Uh, the third player, who is not making a lot of moves, kind of hanging back and watching, is the executive branch of the U.S. government, the White House. And the fourth player is the American people conjoined with uh, American journalism, which is now on our side. Um, and so that player, which includes me, 
is really uh, much stronger than it's ever been because the stigma of the issue is virtually gone. Now, they're the odd person that says something stupid and dumb, but believe me, the stigma is essentially gone. Uh, and so there, there is much less resistance. And so whether you're, and, and then the media, made me mainstream media, which includes the UK media, UK papers are all over this. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles are being written. Uh, and, and, and many of those are logged into my print media archive, which is now up to 15,000 articles. Uh, so the UK people get a huge amount of coverage of this, and they're very well informed. Uh, but it's also the case in the United States. And so we're a major player now. And so this chain, this this game is is a four dimensional chess. And I'm happy to talk about some of the most profound moves that have happened in the last year or so, uh, if that is what you want. So what about countries like China and Russia? How are they involved? We don't know. Uh they play their cards close to their vest on this issue. Uh, we do know there's plenty of research going on in China. There's plenty of interest in the subject in the, in, in, in the Soviet Union and Russia. Uh, there's certainly interest in other countries. Mexico has an extremely high level of interest in the subject amongst the Mexican people. Uh, so does Brazil. There's a lot of activity in, um, in Italy. But in terms of what we'll call defined efforts and formal efforts uh, involving all four of these chess players uh, to arrive at a point where a head of state, in this case, the president of the United States, can formally confirm the non-human extraterrestrial presence, which I labeled capital D disclosure some 20 years ago. That's happening here. The, 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 the democratic world, the West, the free world, whatever the hell you want to call it, which is essentially all the allies of the United States after World War II and many other countries have absolutely deferred to the U.S. on this issue. In other words, you're, you're leading, it's your call. When you're ready, you do it. All right. And that's a significant portion of the world's countries. There's some that are, I think they're, they're very small nations. They got a lot of problems to deal with and their attitude is whatever you guys want to do. We, we're, we're busy just keeping afloat. And then you have a number of autocracies. Uh, who who could definitely uh, blow this up, issue up if they wanted to, but they choose specifically not to. And by and large, the reason is autocratic countries run by the usual megalomaniacal, narcissistic lunatics and psychopaths. Uh, they they their their whole existence and survival is based on maximum control. They want they want to know everything the people are doing. They don't they only want the people to know what they and their media want to tell them. And so acknowledging extraterrestrial presence, which makes their their little, you know, uh, vanity project running some country into the ground uh, seems so much smaller, so trivial and expands the potential worldview of people that they don't they want to do it. It doesn't mean they couldn't. They choose not to. So that's pretty much all the nations in the world. OK, and that's how we have managed to go 76 years without any formal acknowledge from a head of state of something that has been flying over our head the entire time and seen millions of times. Right. With massive research being done, filling up thousands of books, hundreds of times more than I have behind me. That's how it has happened. It's one of the most amazing, I think, uh, episodes in all of human history. Uh, and it was, you know, it was good while it lasted, 
but the truth embargo is about to is about to end. You said you can regale us with some of the biggest or most recent moves. What are they? The most important stuff is essentially the politics. After the Students of the Stars Academy group of 10 came forward, uh, this issue tr changed. Uh, and and the, the switch was the New York Times articles of 2017 with the gun camera footage and all that. It just changed a lot. And it opened the door for much more media coverage. And then the people that came forward, such as Louis Elizondo and Christopher Mellon um, and, and eventually Gary Nolan, uh, became the real the real movers and shakers of that group. And they were laying the groundwork and doing this and that over the next couple of years uh, until we reached a major event. And that was in 2020, the Senate Intel Committee decided it's going to put some legislation into the in this case, it was the uh, COVID Rescue Act. So it's kind of embedded it into a big two billion, trillion, trillion dollar bill, kind of slipped it in with some interesting language about the UAP issue. And it, and it asked for a classified and public report back on that June 25, 2021. And that bill was signed on December in December of 2020. It was sponsored by Marco Rubio, former uh, a Republican uh, chair of the Intel Committee and, and former presidential candidate. That was a major event. And what happened in 2021, they started writing more legislation. And that was announced around July, and it was as championed by uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, also a senator who ran for president and a member of the Senate Intel Committee. That established more structure for engaging this issue. Right? Uh, and they started to build it. Uh, and of course, it, it, that structure was involved the Department of Defense. And then in, in 2022, they put in even more language into the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, establishing the witness protections for in, people inside uh, and a number of other structures, created ARO, the Aldo May, Aldo, <laughs> the Aldo May Anomaly Resolution Office. Um, and that was a very significant thing. And then came 2023 when things really got going. Uh, in the meantime, the articles are pouring forward from English language press faster than I can log them in. And in 2023 alone, I logged in on my print media archive at my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org, 1,866 articles from English language press that I considered significant articles. Uh, triaged out of about 3,000 because the others just for silly or not particularly significant or relevant or come from very limited venues or whatever. 18, the largest ever, 1,866 articles. And so what happened is a series of events that I'll quickly chronicle for you that are, are, are going to go down in history. One, because of the, the creation of Arrow and the UAP task force, because of the witness protections that were being put put in the 2023 bill and the law the lack the stigma going away uh you're getting things loosening up internally people are talking people are reporting and and some of those people reported to a gentleman by the name of david grush who was working for the ata uh the um i'm sorry the uap task force and so he was the appropriate per person to get in touch with and they gave him extraordinary information 
these individuals were working in unacknowledged special access programs. That's the deepest you know, classified level of programs. And they informed him that the United States has had multiple saucers crashed vehicles for years, going back to Roswell, essentially, and the bodies of the pilots. And so he he was pretty impressed by that. And since he had a you know, career in, uh, you know, in the Army and intelligence, he had many, many contacts. And so he contacted, I think, 20, 20, 25, 30 of these contacts and just ran it by him and said, look, is this true? And quite a few of them of his contacts said, yeah. And so he went to the Senate Intel Committee with this. And uh, this, you know, this went on for a while. Uh, and after it sort of got around, he started having real problems at his job uh, within the United States government. It got so bad that he went to the uh, inspector general of the intelligence community under the National Intelligence, Office of National Intelligence, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Monheim, and said, look, I, 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 you need to deal with this. I have a serious problem because I, and he provided that inspector general the information as well. So the inspector general could uh, decide whether uh, the uh, harassment he was getting was appropriate. And he was represented in that presentation to Monheim by the previous and first inspector general of the American intelligence community, a gentleman by the name of Charles McCullough. That's a pretty powerful representative. And so he was given relief. His, his uh, complaint was valid and measures were taken. Unfortunately, that's not enough. If people want to threaten you anonymously, threaten your family, threaten you with death, you can't stop it. And so he continued to have problems until he had had enough. And so on a very important historical date, June the 5th, I was at the Contact in the Desert Conference at Indian Wells. I will be there again. I'm helping to produce it. It's uh, May 30 to June 3. It's going to be huge. 3,000 people, 60 speakers. Uh, Contactinthedesert.com. On June the 5th, I'm there. And suddenly the word gets around the hotel that something huge is going to drop. And we, we start checking into it. It turns out an article uh, turned up on the debrief are authored by Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal, the same authors of the New York Times articles of, of 2017, revealing Brush's uh, concerns and what he had been told and that he was coming forward as a whistleblower, that we have multiple non-human tech. That's 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 that's. Uh, uh, safe language for extraterrestrials craft, okay? And the pilots, which is safe language for extraterrestrials. And that uh, it's an illegal policy according to Grush and he is coming forward. And then the same day, he, he says all this to Ross Coulthard, a journalist who had just become, well, he was at the time, but now he's, a, he's working for this growing, rapidly growing uh, news outlet called News Nation. It says it all there. That was huge. We, we were stunned. We, we all got together in a room, about 200 of us, and we started talking about it. And, and uh, Danny Sheehan was presenting about it, and Richard Dolan was talking about it. And we all watched it together, etc. June the 5th. And I knew, okay, it's game on now. And so what happens next after that, aside from massive media coverage? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is this... 39 days after David Grush goes public and states that we have multiple crash vehicles, which confirms Roswell, which confirms, you know, pretty much the ET presence. Sorry, that's what it does. Out of nowhere, one of our most powerful politicians, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, suddenly steps forward and announces that, and he's not a, he's not a member of the, he's, he's an ex officio member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, which is what is leading this whole thing. It is, in terms of the chess game, they are the major player representing the military intelligence complex. I mean, representing the Congress. And, and it is through that in committee that this is supposed to go. And so, and, and, and so it was members of that committee that had sponsored all three of the legislations that had been passed. And now the fourth one was, was in the works. And there was some language up in July on the uh, the, uh, the Senate website. Wasn't a lot. And he comes forward out of nowhere and says, <clears throat> I have been working with Mike Rounds, who is not on the Senate Intel Committee, but he's on the Senate and Armed Services Committee. Who, and a Republican, by the way. Because this has been very nonpartisan here, which I tell you is, is a blessing, right? <laughs> because we are being eaten up in the United States by hyper-partisanship that's gotten so ugly and bizarre, it challenges you to, to even watch it on television. He announces that they're going to put in 53 roughly pages more of legislation in the fourth UAP language in the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act. And it will include a, a full, robust, oh, it will be called the UAP Disclosure Act. It will include a full, robust program called the Disclosure Plan. And it will provide significant powers to certain members of Congress and appointed uh, uh, UAP review board, uh, as well as classification levels of the highest so that people that are reviewing material can go anywhere they want. And then as part of what I call one of the great grandmaster chess moves of all time, this is the kind of move that might be made by a, a grandmaster in the world chess championship. Right. And everybody's watching the game and it looks like it, it almost certainly could be a draw. It's going to be a draw. And all of a sudden the, the one of the players makes this unusual move. Everybody is stunned and they go, no, 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 no. That, that's it. It's ball game. And then after a couple of minutes, they realize, oh, my God, that is ball game because that was a master move. What was it that Chuck Schumer did that comes under that rubric? He indicated the bill would also include eminent domain power on the, by the United States government on any non-human tech or non-human bodies in possession of any civilian and or civilian company, which includes all of the defense contractors. Meaning 
and some people don't get this and they got a little overwrought, it means that the government has the power of eminent domain, which by the way, governments do. I think it's the same in the UK. And so if there's something that the government needs to acquire in service to the common good and, and that is so important, they go and buy it. And you're supposed to be compensated, but you can't not sell it. Now, the, the defense contractors who have been working and studying and re-engineering this ET tech for decades has been paid a lot of money. And so they may say, look, you've already been paid. Now we want the tech, right? Eminent domain. Well, my God, that that's that just was stunning. Why? And here is why it's a master chess move. One, it completely confirmed Grush, who had made it clear under oath, right? It, well, who was going to make it clear under oath, just uh, see, he came out on the fourth, yeah, 12 days later in front of a House subcommittee, which I'll get to in a second. It confirms what he said is true. He has, he's absolutely confirming it. Okay. He also completely is saying, I support the Senate Intel Committee's uh, legislation and what they're doing and the letters they've been signing. Uh, I'm totally down with it. And I'm, I'm the Senate majority leader. I'm a very powerful man. One of the gang of eight. Okay, he does that. All right. But he does something else. He puts the defense contractors and those still holding tight to the truth embargo in an impossible position for the first time. They have been gliding along all these years. All these defense contractors, contractors which is, I think, symbolized by Lockheed Martin, but there are many. They, they're, you can't, you can't uh, go at them with FOIA. They're exempt from that. They're getting paid tons of money. They're fully classified programs, and they're getting, they're learning about tech and reengineering and all these, these years. Because of the truth embargo, they can't, they can't strut out. You know, here's, here's our new anti-gravitic saucer. It's going to be available in, in 2027. You know, it's only going to be 100 million uh, a piece. It's, it's fantastic. They're, they're, they've been sitting, waiting patiently for the opportunity to convert what they have learned and what they have done into massive shareholder value. And all of a sudden, Chuck Schumer says, we're going to pass this bill. And if we want it, it's ours. We will control how it goes. We may do a deal with you. Maybe you'll still participate in some monetization of it. But first, it's going to be ours. And if we want it in our possession, we'll get it. And this, they, they could not, they can no longer just cruise along underneath the rubric of the truth embargo, doing their thing and feeling very proud of themselves and making cute remarks once in a while, like we have the tech to take ET home, etc. And so they had to take action. He forced them out of their bunkers. He forced them out of their cubby holes and forced them to take actual action for the first time. And what they did, starting right after that announcement, I'm pretty sure, on July 19th, is getting together and starting to talk to the representatives and, and the lobbyists under non-disclosure agreements and whoever else to get them to go to members of Congress that they could influence to strip everything out of that bill when the reconciliation conference took place, which was going to happen in, in a month or two which we do in the United States. In other words, the House and Senate must reconcile the language and that's what goes to the president to be signed. And at that point, everything's on the table, including that act. And so they, they what they did was they, they logically approached those member of Congress that are getting very substantial donations from 
defense contractors, right? And while Dem Democrats and Republicans both get them, get those donations, the Republicans get more. And two of the people that get a lot of those donations are very powerful. Republican Mike Turner, the House chair of the of the chair of the House um, uh, Intelligence Committee and Mike Rogers, Republican chair of the House Armed Services Committee. And they basically said, look, go talk to people, do what you got to do. Let's get that language out of there. I didn't think they could succeed. I thought maybe at worst they'd get the eminent domain out. It would be like a trade-off to keep the other very important stuff in that bill. And maybe Schumer thought the same. However, they had more support than we knew because eventually we discovered that Mitch McConnell, the Senate now minority leader, had jumped in on the side of the defense contractors. And he was talking with Turner. He was talking with Rogers. He was talking with Mike Johnson, our Speaker of the House, and influencing other senators. And when the smoke cleared, what finally happened is all of the powers in the bill to effectuate the complete, eventually, the complete uncovering or bringing forward of everything the government has on this subject, not all at once, but in an orderly process starting right after the bill was passed, uh, in which the, the material would be looked at and reviewed, and if something needed to be postponed, that would be explained. And then at some point revisited and then move forward until eventually it all comes across the public's radar and ends up in an archive. Absolutely the responsible way to do it. Okay. All right. And so uh, the, the powers, though, to make that happen were all taken away. But the essence of the bill, meaning, yeah, that's what needs to happen, was still there. And it's in that act. So it's kind of confirming, yeah, eventually we're going to do that, except the, the, the how it was going to be done was completely in the hands of the people that have it. They have the tech, have the documents, have the secret files. They were the ones that are going to decide. And so Schumer went in front of the, uh, uh, the Congress, did one of those uh, nobody in the room kind of statements to put it in the record. And he in, in rounds talked about how, well, they were disappointed at that. They're, they're kind of disappointed that all this stuff was taken out. But the, the basic bill was still there and they really planned to to move forward and, and work on that. OK. And so but what happened there? Th this is the first part of this amazing chess move. He forced the entire defense contractor industry to confirm the extraterrestrial presence. Because if there is no non-human technology and no non-human bodies in the possession of these contractors, there is no reason to, to worry about eminent domain. Nothing. So they just confirm what Crush was saying. And Schumer's confirmed it, right? And so that was a big deal, all right? But they had no choice. There was nothing they could do. All right, fine. Okay, fine. So. Here's the next part of the, the, this grand move. All of that in no way affected the Senate Intel Committee from bringing 20 of the many, many witnesses that have now gone to them and have been interviewed by them in many and most many cases, as well as by Arrow, and putting them in front of the world's people, right? Um, for say a week's worth of, of, of hearings that would blow the truth embargo to smithereens. <laughs> Nothing to stop them from that, okay? And so that needs to happen. And I'm, and my, I'm doing everything I can to help the Senate 
make that decision. The Senate Intel Committee make that decision. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh, and, and there are some very powerful reasons why that hearing must happen right away. But so, but clearly it is going to happen. The question is whether they, they get it done quickly enough. But the point is, once that hearing takes place, and, and the testimony will be riveting, it will be David Grush times 20, uh, and it will be watched by I don't know how many millions of people around the world. The president can easily come forward and simply say, without in a passive, non, non-political way, non-partisan way, look, I, I'm convinced. I, I, I'm very impressed, and, and my top people are impressed, and we've, we've discussed it. And yes, this, this information confirms we're not alone. And that we have actually vehicles of these entities. And you want to know a lot more? And I'm going to help make sure you get a lot more. Disclosure. Boom. Good. And then you know what happens shortly after that? Maybe next week after that? Chuck Schumer. Uh, probably sponsored by with Mike Rounds and Kirsten Gillibrand and Marco Rubio and Mark Warner and probably the entire Senate Intel Committee are going to submit the exact same bill word for word as a standalone bill into the Senate that will pass it immediately and then send it over to the House and say, House, we're in the post-disclosure world. Everyone on the planet now knows we're not alone and there's extraterrestrials here. And this is the bill that is going to help the world learn about that. You probably should pass it. And yeah, they will. And so what? Only a few weeks have been lost, maybe. A month has been lost. Everything they wanted, they've got it anyway as a standalone bill. It's win, 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 win. (laughs) This is what Chuck Schumer did on July the 19th of 2023. Steve? Steve, we've run out of time and we're going to have to bring you back to, to continue this. Absolutely fascinating. And I really thank you for your knowledge. Can you let the viewers know where they can find you and support you, please? ParadigmResearchGroup.org. Check out the print media archive. Go to ShiftStorm.org, S-H-I-F-T. That will show anybody in the world who's on Twitter how they can send tweet, t- tag tweet messages to Senator Schumer, Warner, and Rubio saying, we want hearings now. This information is not just for the Americans, it's for everybody in the world. Shiftstorm.org. And if you want to see what the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance is doing, go to HollywoodDisclosureAlliance.org. If you have a substantial, uh, 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 how would you say, uh, work in it, dealing with the UAP issue, uh, uh, contact some of the members. Ask if you could be referred as a possible founding member. If you have substantial career in the film industry, contact a founding member in the film industry side and uh, uh, to be referred in as a possible founding member. Uh, And uh, the whole mission statement is right there. I can come back and talk about that later. And let me tell you, there's all kinds of Hollywood content in the works right now. The stuff is coming out. There's a lot more to come. The truth embargo is over. Those that think it's not just haven't figured it out yet. Steve, Brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, spending your time with us, and we look forward to bringing you back soon. So you take care, my friend. All right. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.